Hello dreamers and action takers welcome to another episode of the want money got money podcast i'm your host sam kamani and my guest for this episode is suzana sayes suzana is an expat currently working in netherlands originally from spain she used to be an engineer like a lot of us and she quit her job to start building passive income and she has looked a lot into the whole cryptocurrency defi finance scene and figured out what are some ways that anyone can start making a side income now this is not financial advice always do your research i am just interviewing this guest and finding out her views and how she is building wealth for her, herself so she can retire at the age of 37 or 35 Let's get into it and learn a lot more about blockchain consensus, pancake swap, DeFi, banking, entrepreneurship and lots more. Suzana, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to the show and would uh, love to know a bit about your background and what you do. Yes, of course. So the first thing uh, you need to know about me is that I'm an engineer. So I have a very analytical mind. and that has helped me along my journey. So I started civil engineering and then I'm originally from Barcelona, Spain. And once I finished my bachelor, I moved to the Netherlands to study my master in civil engineering. I went to the Netherlands because at that point I was very interested in everything related to water engineering, so dikes, yeah. everything related. And yeah, after my master, I just started working. And what happened is that I got a scholarship. So I started having free tax money as an income stream. And here yes. it started. <laughs> yeah, here started all my journey with money. But it was not easy because at the beginning I was with my friends and the university and I was like, oh, I have money, what can I do with it? So I started spending, spending. And that was not good until <laughs> at one point I decided, yeah. "Hey, you can do something with your money. You can invest." you have to change your yep. habits and you have to get on track and that's when i got started into the fire movement fire stands for financial independence retire early and it's a movement oh, okay. that started yeah, yeah. yeah it's a movement that started a few years ago where a couple of let's say early millennials started questioning why do we have to work five days of the week why do we have to have only 20 days of holiday in a year why do we have yes. to make someone else so yeah. all these questions started appearing in people's mind and then this big movement of fire got created i started in this fire movement over 3 years now the whole idea behind it is you build enough passive income so you yeah. can yeah so you can retire early and do whatever you want with your own time. You're free to use it as you want to do your own projects and to follow your passions. And that's how I got into finance basically, and I got it so deep that I decided to quit my job with civil engineering. I had a pretty good position, <laughs> and I decided to venture myself into the world of finances and fintech especially. So I switched careers. Like all my years of studying like i said it was pretty scary if i'm honest i said bye and i just switched and i'm so happy i did that 
to me. That's very brave, but yeah, well done. Well done. I've met so many people who change careers at at all different stages of their life and it's always admirable to to see that. Yeah, I think I think it's a big step and I think that when we're young, we go to high school, we go to to a I don't know university, and we don't even know what we want to do with our lives. And it's just like after university, you I started to realize, hey, this is not my thing. I don't even know why I chose this. But I'm very yes. grateful to engineering that gave me the right skill set to tackle problems effectively and basically solving it creatively. But maybe it's interesting if I mention something uh, also about my starting point in the fire journey, because yeah. I think it's, let's say, a community. Fire is a community that's still being discovered by young millennials. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand that we want to retire early, not to just stop working, but to use our free time as we want. And one of the things, one of the things that opened my eyes was reading the book Rich Dad Poor Dad. Yeah. Have you read that book? Ages ago, many years ago. (laughs) (laughs) And the cash flow quadrant and all those things. Yeah, exactly. So for me, coming from a non-financial background, I was really, it was really insightful to understand that there is another way to live your life financially. You don't have to be an employee. If you don't want to, you can yeah. build a business, you can have assets. All of these concepts yes. were completely new to me. So I started digging and digging. And that's when I started investing. I started investing also uh, over three years, yeah, three years ago. Yeah. And I started from zero. I had no knowledge. I started reading books. I started educating myself, taking courses and I just did it. So the first time you start investing is scary. It can be scary. But yes. after you do the first click and you send the, the buying position, I think it gets better. I have questions about your about the fire movement. And mm-hmm. so how do you have what do you do? Say how do you work with people or what sort of people do you work with? <laughs> yeah, okay. The community is mostly online. But yep. it also exists, let's say, physically within different countries. The fire yep. community is pretty big in the US, in the UK, parts of Europe, for example, where I'm from, in the Netherlands, yes. and also in, in Australia. That's pretty big. So what we do is basically we help each other. We help each other learn and educate ourselves. Because when you start fire, you need to change your mind. You need to, let's say, realize that you're going to get into a journey that it's not always easy. It can get hard because it goes against, let's say, all what they have been telling you to do. And you need yes. support. So, yeah. yep. for example, when I started, the very first thing I did was to analyze what was my financial situation. And I didn't know how to do that. So I basically connected with uh, different young millennials and I started asking questions. And after many efforts, I was able to develop a framework for it by myself, which I call the financial screenshot framework which is basically, basically helps you to assess your financial situation 
at a point in time. That's why the screenshot. And I think it's a nice reference to millennials also. Is, is it one of the tools that can be downloaded from your website in the yeah. financial tools section? Yes, exactly. It's one of those tools. So what I explained is, and I also made a whole uh, podcast episode in Say Yes to Fire about it. And what I explain is that there are five main steps with five main, let's say, metrics. And those are first uh, evaluating what your net worth is, which is mainly assets minus liabilities. And what I always yes. like to say here is that we are not aware of how many liabilities we have most often. For example, I can give you a, a very interesting example from myself. I don't own a house. I rent an apartment. So yes. I have a two-year contract, right, with, with the landlord. And yeah. I didn't know that was a liability. But when I started understanding what actually liability means, is that I have a contract that I'm obliged to pay for two years of rent. And that fact is a liability. So... For yeah. example, when I calculate my net worth, part of those liabilities, it's going to be this contract. And I realized that every single contract that we are obliged to pay for a certain period of time, that's a liability. Same with your phone bill or, I don't know, your car lease, everything like that. Yeah. And that's very important because it's going to give, like, subtract you points from your net worth. The second, like, step that you can apply is evaluating yes. your debt. So you need yep. to be very honest with yourself. You need to sit down and you need to see how much debt do you have. And the most interesting and important part of this is that you should um, order your debt from the highest interest rate to the lowest. To the lowest, rate. yes. And one tip that I always like to propose, let's say, is look at your debt that has a higher interest rate than 8%. And why 8%? Because the average return of the stock market is 8%. Yes. So if you yep. invest and you get, imagine, an 8%, if you have debt with interest rate above 8%, you're investing for nothing. So you have to pay first those higher interest rate debt. I think that's, that's one of the, let's say, most insightful things I learned. Yeah. And after you, let's say, analyze your debts, you need to set your financial goals. And this is very important here because most of the people start with the FIRE movement and say, hey, I'm FIRE, what's up? I want to join this community. And then like years pass and then you have done nothing. And you need to set yourself goals. And I think that the most important thing, if you want to retire early and be free, financially free, you need to set as your first step the age that you want to retire. It can change, yep. of course. But for example, I want to retire at the age of 37. I know it's very young, <laughs> but my reason is because I want to be a full-time mom. So yep. I want to build enough passive income to make that dream come true. And once you set your age, you need to calculate how much, let's say, passive income you need. That's the second goal. Yeah. So I don't know, if I could live, imagine with $30,000 a year, I know it's low, but imagine I can live with that. Yes. Then I need to build enough passive income to meet that target. 
And once I have that passive income, then I can retire because the, the money is going to work for me and I don't have to work yeah. for money. After setting, let's say your fire goals or your financial goals, which like can also be, it doesn't have to be always long-term, but short-term and medium-term are always in, for example, yes. I don't know, paying your tuition fee or a start paying debt or a down payment for a house. Those are also important. And once you have set your financial goals, you need to like evaluate your savings and your savings are important because you need to have enough cash, enough liquidity, I would say, to meet your short term, let's say expenses. And you need to have yeah. an emergency fund. That's very important. And here it's up to you. I, for example, have an emergency fund of two to three months. So yeah. if now I get fired from my job, hopefully not, <laughs> but if it happens, then I have three months of, let's say, funds that will allow me to leave, basically. But if you are a risk-averse person, then maybe it's better that you have up to a year. I don't know. Depends on your confidence in, in the situation and your surroundings. And finally, yeah. and I think to me, one of the most important of, let's say, how to get started with FIRE is evaluating your investments. And I always like to say that investing, it's a game at the end of the day. And within exactly. this game, exactly, it's a game. And within this game, there are many players. But the truth about that is that these players are playing several different games. So... I look at it, for example, with a metaphor like football, soccer. So we have yes. different types of football, right? And different type of games. Yes. You play it with different players. You play it with different tactics, with even different durations of the game. So investing is yep. the same. You can be, for example, a long-term investor and you play it in the long term. You can be a trader, a daily trader, or you can be, yes. I don't know, a mid-term investor. And I think what is important yes. is that you compare yourself with the people of the players that are playing your own game. Because yes, I'm not a trader. I'm not going to follow someone that trades because that's going to yeah. go against my mental health, honestly. So <laughs> yes. I think that mostly you have, especially you have to compare to your older self. I think that's like the key. Because the most important thing is that you like go step by step and improve yourself when investing. So here are my yep. five steps to get started with fire. Do you have any questions cool. or any comments? No, that's yeah, that's that that's all very self-explanatory. So currently you do full-time work on top of running this fire sort of events and things like that and podcast and all that. Yes. Yeah, so I work full time at leader payments company, which is also basically banking for merchants. And yeah. it's a, it's a company called Adyen. And yeah. what we do there, it's basically help merchants deal with payments. And because we are also a bank, then we, yeah, yeah we can help with credit and this kind of things. But yeah, this is a really big corporate. It is yeah, thousands of employees and stuff and all exactly. that. Yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. 
No, that's, yeah, that's very cool. And then what you do is you regularly invest some of your income into stocks and crypto and, and all those sort of things. Yeah. So I have a rule and is that every month from my monthly income, I take 30% of it and I invest it fully. And then I invest it according to my risk strategy and let's say yes. uh, my portfolio strategy. And right now I'm trying to bring part of my, let's say, stock portfolio into crypto because yeah. also being within the, let's say, the global financial system, I work in it and I, I know it, I see it every day, knowing how it yes. works, I need the potential of cryptocurrencies and especially the potential of the blockchain technology. So for me, it's especially it's DeFi, DeFi. DeFi is yes. key. I've been in love with the DeFi idea for already years. And yes. yeah, I definitely invest. I have tried like with my own hands and brain and uh, I'm making money. And that's the reality. I think that the stock market is also good for investors. It has given great returns over the years, especially like the tech, yes. tech sectors and entertainment. Yeah. But I do think that it's not for the people. It's not thought for the people. It's thought for big uh, institutional investors. They have the access, they have the intel, they have their own rules. And trying to, let's say, trying to play against them, as we said, investing is a game, is impossible. And it is. I, yeah. I found that crypto is a more fair game. You have access yeah. to the crypto markets 24-7 every single day of the week. That's incredible. Absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah, it doesn't stop. It has three times more momentum because of that. So yeah, the velocity is much higher of money in crypto and liquidity is much higher and all sorts of factors. Talking about DeFi and talking about crypto, what are some of your most favorite projects? Yeah. So my favorite project right now is PancakeSwap. Yes. Yeah. Because for, for several things. The first thing, it's extremely user-friendly. They made it so it's extremely, let's say, easy to start with it for the very first time. And it's also like the design, the, the, the attraction of the design and the brand yes. behind PancakeSwap is amazing. PancakeSwap has the coin uh, cake. And yes. it's built, it's a layer on top of a Binance Smart Chain, which I think it's a really cool blockchain. So what I do with Punk, I basically use the setup pools and I basically, let's say, lend my cake coins to get yeah. interest on it and I compound it. So for example, I can tell you my returns. I have no problem with that. Oh, yes, please. Yes. Feel free to share that it's basically the, the automatic one because I want to build passive income. I don't want to care about yes. restaking. And yes, basically what you do is you stake cake, the coin. And yeah. then let's say the, the blockchain itself, the app itself, it restakes, let's say your cake profit. And in that way yeah. you can compound it. And as we know, compounding is key. Compounding, yes. Is key. Compound interest is key. So 
I started putting $3,000 in cake. Yeah. And in three months, I've earned $1,000 without doing anything. So yeah, that's amazing. I know. It's extremely amazing. And it's completely passive yes. because I don't do anything. And the thing is that I'm not only earning passive income, but my asset is appreciating. Because cake, I believe in cake as DeFi. As I said, it's very easy to use. User-friendly yes. scalability is good. The Binance smart chain is, is really sound and secure. And so yes. basically, it's not only giving me passive income, but it's also an appreciative asset. And if you look at cake, let's say graph, it has yeah. increased over a hundred percent over the last year. It's impressive. Oh, absolutely. Easily. <laughs> Easily. Yep. So this app has also a functionality for farming and that's, let's say a project that I want to get into. I think it's a bit more advanced yeah. and maybe with a bit more risk. But basically yeah. farming, farming is like staking your coins or lending your coins in a liquidity pool, but you basically farm two pairs of coins. So you are yeah. lending two pairs of coins, basically. And I want to get into yeah. that. I've, yeah. I've been researching different uh, projects and I think that to diversify, let's say my, my portfolio in terms of, let's say security and risk. I'm going to try yes. another platform that is built in another blockchain, which is Solana. Do you know Solana? Yes. Yes, I do know. Yeah. Yeah. Solana has been recently extremely good performing and a lot of people yeah. are moving from other blockchains to Solana thanks to its yeah. speed and super low fees. And the app is called, let me quickly find it, Radium. The app for farming or the project for farming, it's called Radium. Basically, it's it's an automated market maker liquidity service. And it's very yeah. similar to PancakeSwap. So my next step, which hopefully it's going to be next week, <laughs> I'm planning. Yeah. I'm going to move part of my, let's say, profitable tech stocks into yes. Radium to farm. And why I'm doing that? I think that current tech stocks are completely overvalued, overpriced. Yep. You can see, you can see that very easily for the fact that big companies like Google, Amazon, Facebook, um, uh, Apple yes. have had amazing earnings. The last uh, earnings call were all outperforming what the analysts were predicting. Absolutely. And still yeah. the price didn't increase that much. I think it was only Google that had a pretty good, let's say, takeover. But for example, Facebook went down. And I think that investors are realizing that the price to earnings ratio is definitely not worth it anymore. So what I'm doing with my portfolio right now is I'm trying to get a bit of, let's say, sell a bit of tech that has been profitable during the past two years. And I'm putting it into yeah. Because certain, let's say, a lot of uh, crypto analysts that are out there, the ones that I follow, like Pablo Herman, yes. and I do believe, let's say, this narrative. He's very big on TikTok. Yeah, exactly. He's a Bitcoin maximalist. So yeah. this big narrative, I think that the crypto are going to explode at the end of the year again, and we're going to have yeah. another bull run. 
Right now we are experiencing a bit, let's say, not a bull trap, but a small run-up. But I do think that by the end of summer, at the beginning of fall, well, at summer for Europe, <laughs> for you, winter. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think there's going to be a correction. But then yep. I think so, you, so, so soon there'll be a correction. That's what you think? That's what I think Pablo also thinks. Yeah. I think soon there's going to be, I don't think such a big correction that like the one that there was in May. But I yes. do think there's going to be a small correction, especially on the big ones. But then from October, November, we're just going to ramp up. Crypto is going to be big, especially because yeah. many big companies and institutional investors are looking into crypto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's so hard to tell, you know, like anything, because I've been kind of involved in in blockchain and crypto in some way or form or another since like, 2017 or even before that I've tried there's always been some challenges and some good things at, at any stage and I can argue on both sides objectively so it's really hard to tell but you have to be in it to to profit from it otherwise you lose that opportunity and if you don't if it doesn't return a really good return I feel like you should just keep hold of it until you do exactly indeed yeah, yeah, I'm, because there'll, there'll always be small downturns, but over long period of time, you've come up on top. Yeah, I think a, a stellar phrase or quote that is uh, circling around Twitter is zoom out. Yes. Zoom out. <laughs> exactly right. Yes, zoom out. That's 100% right. Yeah, I think. So what's um, next? Where do you see um, things progressing in the next four or five years? For the cryptocurrency? Yeah, for the crypto markets, stock markets, where do you see things going, say, in five years' time? If you if you do talk about the same zooming out. Yes, of course. So I think tech is going to be more and more present in our lives. Tech yep. and entertainment. We are entering into a pretty intense digital era. And I think there is going to be companies that are going to be very successful, especially with, let's say, technologies such as artificial intelligence, 3D printing, and for example, blockchain also. So I think that companies that are just starting right now with, let's say, within these three fields are very, let's say, interesting to keep an eye on. And I think that more and more because of these, let's say, digital experience, we're going to be relying on technology and big companies are going to still keep it. It's important. I think, for example, what one of the things that COVID brought to us is the fact that we can survive working from home. It's actually nice working from home. You know, not always yeah. it's nice. So this, this narrative of, yeah, we can work from anywhere and still be productive because, you know, we are digital people. It's going to persist. And companies um, that, let's say, favor this kind of independent working are going to rise. One of my favorite companies is Fiber. And this geek economy of independent sellers and buyers helping each other and Let's say um, making a market there. It's very interesting. So 
that's one of the things that it's that I believe it's going to happen during the next years. Healthcare is going to become, or well, is it already, but it's going to become a big part of institutional investor portfolio because as we have seen companies that have developed a vaccine have increased yes. their returns incredibly. Pfizer, for example, COVID has shown us that we are not invincible. So healthcare is an important, let's say, market and economy. And as a whole narrative, I think that these next years we're going to grow. We have just, we, we are going to first experience a bit of, let's say, drawback from COVID, you know, especially in sectors like tourism, because I don't know, I don't know you, but I don't feel that safe traveling anymore. I yeah. want to do it because I love traveling, but yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult. More difficult. There's, there's not that many flies. There's not that much, like the infrastructure is going, disappearing really fast. <laughs> And it's going to be expensive, very expensive. So, very, very expensive yeah, so, because it relied on economies of scale. So it's very expensive now to travel anywhere far away. <laughs> exactly. Which is sad because yes. I love traveling and exploring yes. uh, new countries. But anyway, yes. but I, I do think that there is going to be a shift, like a global shift. It's already started, but on how we work, our behaviors and also on, let's say, e-commerce. I think e-commerce was big, but now it's going to be even bigger. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, look, if you look at all the percentage, even now it's in developed countries still, it's only 28% of people who yeah. do, I mean, or, or like the e-commerce still makes only 28% and still the offline commerce still makes such a huge part of commerce that, it's we are just at the start of the things and that's why when you look at those sort of things the tech companies still have a very long way to go and you know even in like i'm quite old like i've been there i was studying tech in 2001 people were saying oh these all these tech companies are overvaluated and overvalued and then 2005 six every year people just keep saying these tech companies are overvalued but you know the fact that Anything that improves productivity will continue to rise in value. And that's the same thing that DeFi does, that crypto does, that increases exactly. productivity. It allows people to work in different remote places. It does all these sort of things that, that I think that the future for crypto is really bright. Future for all tech is really, really bright. I completely agree. I think you nailed it, especially with crypto and, and the fact that yes. decentralizing and erasing the middleman. It's what makes yeah. it's what makes it the value worth it. Oh, absolutely! That's what Amazon did. It re it removed the mm -hmm. middlemen of exactly. all the small what do you call traders and wholesalers and then retailers and all those. So, whenever you remove middlemen, you increase value, increase productivity. So, yeah, no, that makes that makes uh, a lot of sense. So, is there a like this is a question that I ask most of my guests, and that is, is there a book you are reading, or what was the last book that you read? Very interesting question. I'm reading a book right now that I find very interesting. It's called The Black Swan. Yeah. It's from yep. Nicholas. Oh, it's Kim. really good one. Yeah, yep. Swan event. Yes. Yes, exactly. And what I'm learning the most from this book is about, let's say, asymmetrical opportunities 
and how asymmetrical events dominate our lives. And what I'm doing right now is trying to apply um, this philosophy into, let's say, investing. So I'm trying to invest symmetrically to get the most value. Without so can you give an example for that? Yes, of course. Like, for example, small caps companies right now, especially related to blockchain, for example, Argo, yes. I'm investing like not a big amount of money, but it has a great potential. But there are also asymmetrical opportunities throughout our, let's say, lives. And that's, for example, writing a book. Like you yourself yeah. probably have experienced that, right? I mean, you wrote a book once yeah. and then that's completely scalable. Then um, yeah. starting my podcast, that's also an asymmetrical investment because it's completely scalable. Oh, absolutely. And investing in startups, it's also an asymmetrical investment. And when you go into crypto, well, you have many asymmetrical investments there because you can invest a little bit in like small projects and then it can grow 10x, 20x even. We have seen this during the past years. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, that's that's very, very interesting. And final question, and that is, do you have a ask? Is there anything that you're uh, looking for? Wait, regarding for the audience? Anything, yeah, anything that, I don't know, if you're looking for team members, if you're looking for, I mean... A lot of the people I interviewed, they have their own company, so they're looking for customers. If you have an ask, feel free to share with the audience. Yes. So if you want to promote something, feel free to promote it. So I have, I'm starting a company, Say Yes to Fire. Yeah. And it's related to the whole fire community and how to get started with fire. I have a, a free podcast like you. So if you are listening right now, you can also listen to my podcast called Say Yes to Fire. And I'm actually looking for uh, sponsors for my podcast. Yeah, I have a pretty big audience, a pretty big recurring audience. So I'm looking for uh, sponsors that can, let's say, that I can bring value to them and that they can bring value to me. That's, yeah, really, really interesting. So, yeah, what I'll do is I will put a link to Say Yes to Fire, your website, your LinkedIn, to all your, uh, and to your podcast and, and everything in the show notes, wherever this goes out in about a month and a half's time. And, and yeah, I'll, I'll share it all on my social media and all that. So, Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing, sharing about Fire Network and how any millennial, any young person can start looking towards retiring early and, and yeah, start building financial wealth. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm extremely happy that I had this conversation. It was a lot of fun. So thank you so yeah. much for inviting me and for everyone out there listening to us. Say yes to fire, please. Now that you're young, say yes. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Want Money, Got Money with Sam Kamani. Hope you enjoyed the show and got some valuable insights that would help you in your startup or your business. If you haven't already, please subscribe and rate this show on your favorite platform. It would be extremely helpful and I just cannot tell you how much I would appreciate that.